the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together as always. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. You can find all of our great interviews and all that's happening over there, ProAmericaReport.com. And of course, you can sign up for the daily email. It goes out to 80,000 plus now. We're up to that. People who get the wink, the daily wink, what you need to know. So go sign up at ProAmericaReport.com. I promise I'll never sell you, uh, I'll never sell your email address. I might try to sell you something by sending an email about good books and things, but we don't sell your email address, we don't trade it, we just use it to communicate what you need to know. Today, what you need to know, besides what I'm about to tell you, is in a few moments, we'll interview General Michael Flynn, and I will recount for you my visit to Rhode Island to spend some time with him and his wife. Fascinating. We'll, be, we'll talk with him in a few moments. If you don't catch that interview, of course, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Tune in there. All right. Now, today... I got a request from one of you, you know, the listeners, uh, you like to email me and uh, get in touch either through Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, I'm over there, direct messages are open, uh, Facebook, Ed Martin Live, Gab, Parlor, everywhere you want to go, I'm available, and um, also directly, edithillisschlafly.com, edithillisschlafly.com, and um, one of you emailed and said, Ed, what's your thoughts on Andrew Cuomo? And here's my thoughts on Andrew Cuomo um, and the cancel culture and how the rules of the left are consuming some of them when it's convenient. You know, when it's convenient. Because when it's not convenient, they'll ignore them. And that's what I'll tell you about. So what you need to know today is the Andrew Cuomo, Governor Andrew Cuomo situation, isn't a surprise if you know how things work. And there are two factors behind what you need to know in terms of Andrew Cuomo. But before I get to those two factors, let me tell you my quick Cuomo story. As you all know, uh, I was a, a contributor uh, for about six months in late 2017 into 2018 at CNN. And uh, CNN would fly me up from my home in St. Louis. They'd put me up at a hotel in New York City, right at Columbus Circle. And I would walk across the street from the hotel and I would go every night. I would be on for about an hour on the second hour of CNN's evening programming with Anderson Cooper. This was before they actually gave the um, second hour to Andrew Cuomo, uh, to to Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was doing the morning show at that time. So because I would be fl uh, flown up there on a Monday afternoon, I'd be on Monday night. They'd have me stay Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes even Friday. So I could be on each of the nights. It was a lot of TV. It was very, very interesting. I learned a ton. But one of the things I did was I worked in my hotel room every day uh, on my laptop and on the phone. And I got familiar with the CNN folks. I got to know the producers. I got to know some of the insiders. I mean, I had a CNN badge uh, to, to get me into the building. And I would kind of go over there and, and you know, take a break from work and wander around and meet people. So it was very interesting. And you get to know lots of the folks, uh, as you can imagine. Well, one of the interesting groups of people to get to know in these TV networks is the uh, makeup crew, the crew in the room where they make everybody's, they do everybody's makeup. 
Before you go on, no matter who you are, they like to make you put even light makeup on so it takes the shine off when you're out there. And it makes a big difference, actually. I'm, so I'm, I'm impressed. I was impressed to realize how much it helped uh, to make you look different. It kind of makes you look, uh, if you don't have any makeup, you look kind of washed out and all this other stuff. Anyway, so all those different times, one of the times I was sitting in the makeup chair and they're putting, mostly they're kind of making sure your hair's not standing up and you're, you're, you don't have any major uh, blemishes that show. And so, but I'm listening to the, the women that are the makeup artists and I think maybe one guy, there was one guy at the time, as I recall, and they're gossiping and they always gossip. It's like a barbershop and they're talking about this and that. And one of the things they start talking about is they're saying, he... All he cares about is how he looks, and all he cares about is whether the ladies think he looks good. And the guy laughed, and he's like, "Sometimes he asks me too." And I, the guys, uh, you know, was, <laughs> was would be interested in guys. So it was uh, funny that he chimed in. And they're talking. He says, "And you know, recently, all he keeps asking everyone is, have you seen the new? I think it was People magazine. It might have been a New York uh, periodical or something. But it was the most beautiful people uh, listing. And I'm and they're talking, talking, talking. And I'm done. And I'm getting ready to leave. And I said to the woman whose name fails me right now, I said, um, who are you guys talking about? And she said, oh, Chris Cuomo. And I said, really? And they said, oh, yeah. And so I, I hadn't met the guy yet. This was early on. So I met him later and he totally fit the bill. You know, he, he seemed like that kind of guy that was worried about that. And later, one of the makeup artists said really kind of ruefully, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's actually not nice because he she said he asks women all the time how he looks, fishing for compliments. And she said it's really kind of uncomfortable because he's, a, you know, one of the one of the network um, um, guys at that time. He was doing the morning show. So anyway, it, it, then I got to know the guy because I was there a lot. And he just is what you call in the business, you know, a kind of a New York uh, blowhard is the term that people use. He just he just was full of himself. And he later, of course, it was revealed that he was in quarantine for covid, making a big deal about it and then was leaving quarantine to go, I don't know, inspect his property or something. You remember that there was a complaint and and uh, and the coverage of covid with his brother, Governor Cuomo was ridiculous. I mean, it was really ridiculous. It was it was so far over the top as like uh, they were trying to make uh, Governor Cuomo into this legendary leader. It turns out like most of the people in the country, he didn't know what he was doing, dealing with because of the pandemic. And he made some decisions that were even worse than others. I mean, that's clear now. But anyway, back to the uh, point here is what I want to tell you about the cancel culture. The two factors and what you need to know right now that's happening here is One thing is you have to know that people knew about Governor Andrew Cuomo's conduct. They did. I can tell you. I was chief of staff to the governor of the state of Missouri many years ago now. And I can tell you, when the staff knows how a governor operates, they know who he's alone with. They know how he talks to people. They know what he's up to. You know, we had long before the Pence rule, you know, the Pence rule is uh, Mike Pence got some attention when he was vice president because he said he, he was he had a rule that he didn't take meetings with women alone. He didn't dine with women alone. And people said, boy, that's, uh, you know, it seems kind of out of touch and old fashioned or, you know, or worse. And we had a rule way back when I was uh, chief of staff to the governor. Our, our governor was a young man at the time in his 30s and we married, but we didn't want the appearance. Uh, so we did not let him travel alone, especially we had a, a very capable and talented woman, a press um, uh, communications director who was also very attractive. And we just thought we didn't want the image. So we just made sure one more person traveled or was in those meetings or was around no matter who it was out of an abundance of caution because we knew that all of the conduct 
would be known, you know, it was known at the senior level. There was no hiding. It's like a president, a president of the United States, whether it was Bill Clinton, John F. Kennedy, what, pick one. The, 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 the conduct that they were engaged in was known by their senior staff. It, it had to be, especially Secret Service, and especially in my case, uh, the Highway Patrol in Missouri would know. So Andrew, my point here is Andrew Cuomo, his conduct, his behavior, his attitude, and it seems like the Cuomo brothers have an attitude that's kind of pretty arrogant and pretty full of themselves, which is, again, not distinguishing a, not a distinguishing characteristic in politics or media, but still seem to go pretty far uh, beyond what others, that it was known. So the first factor you need to know is this was known by people. And so then you say, well, why didn't it come out? It didn't come out before now because it wasn't something that was, they, they didn't want to do that. They, they needed to keep Governor Cuomo propped up as a foil, as a way to make Trump look bad and others look bad and to drive home the fear of the, of the, of the COVID and the pandemic and to make the reality. I mean, they, wanted, they wanted the foil. So the first thing you need to know is that uh, Andrew Cuomo's conduct was known. It was known by lots of people, but it wasn't convenient to have it be known uh, beyond that. And so it, it may never have been, which gets us to the second factor. Whenever you see someone at the highest level of power and authority, and look, New York governor is one of the top five most powerful jobs in the country, in the world, actually. You know, New York mayor, one of the biggest, California mayor, one of the biggest, Texas mayor, uh, Texas, California governor, uh, uh, New York governor, uh, New York mayor, and also Texas governor, maybe Florida governor, and then the president, of course, the speaker of the house. You get my point. There's only a handful. This is a big time job, big time, really big. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. It would be at this point, uh, Andrew Cuomo, if he won his next term, which I think he's up next year for his fourth term as governor, he becomes one of the leading candidates for president. And you know who doesn't want that? Well, you can make a list. Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, anyone who's got ambition to run for president on the Democrat side, they don't want that. Because when you're the sitting governor of New York, you can raise a boatload of money to run for president. You've got a huge number of votes in your pocket and you have a ton of leverage. So what you need to know is what's happening to Andrew Cuomo, it was known before now, it was a problem before now, but it wasn't convenient. And the reason it's convenient now is because he's not needed to prop up the narrative and he's actually not at this point someone that they want on the national stage. They don't want that to happen because he's a threat to the people that also want to run for president very soon. So that's what you need to know about the cancel culture. They're going to consume their own at this rate, uh, and we'll see. All right, we'll take a break and come back and talk with General Michael Flynn. Be right back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. As I mentioned before, very honored to uh, welcome my friend General Michael Flynn, a retired Army Lieutenant General. Everybody knows him now. America's General is what a lot of people say. But as I set up this uh, interview, uh, General Flynn, and welcome, I mentioned that I'd gone up to Rhode Island and in the in, and saw where you your home is, and in, in a uh, on a on a little piece of property that was once a a tomato patch is where you built it next to the house where you and eight brothers and sisters and two parents grew up. It wasn't exactly. It's not exactly the Kennedy compound there, but it was a beautiful view of the ocean. But so first of all, General Flynn, I wanted to ask you this question about what you told me. You mentioned how during the the whole ordeal you went through, you had this renewed um, 
recognition of the friendship of the of your love of your life, your wife, Lori, who you met when you were 13 years old. And then you, you showed me in the basement those letters from all these Americans who kind of stepped up when a lot of other people stepped away. And it walked me through that kind of uh, uh, that feel, that a set of feelings of what you learned. Yeah, big, so big time, Ed, and thank you for having me on. The the, uh, the things that I talk about are the real key things are our faith in God and our and our uh, family, the strength of my family, particularly as you mentioned, my wife Lori, and then really what I call true friends. And the American people I see as true friends of the Flins, and and especially how the American people stepped up to help us get through the last four years of what they all saw was a political persecution, you know, that as we now know to get Flynn, to get Trump, right? The letters that you mentioned, we have received thousands and thousands of letters from people from all over the country. And in some cases, all over the world. And many of the letters are just inspiring. They will bring tears to your eyes. They are just awesome, amazing, uh, you know, Christian, letters and letters from people who are telling us their own legal sagas, their own challenges they're having in life, their own types of things that they deal with in their families. I mean, it's amazing that people were living their own lives through what I was, you know, so visibly and so publicly being dragged through. And I think what it did is instead of running away from, from Mike Flynn, they, they ran toward General Flynn and they really, really then brought a greater sense of, uh, of courage and a greater faith in everything that we were trying to do to get through the mess that we were involved in with the, with the department of justice, the FBI elements of the CIA, et cetera. And this deep, deep level of corruption that our country continues to face. So those letters uh, to the American people, you know, we want to say thank you for anybody listening that, that sent one. And what I tried to do is I tried to respond to every single one by saying, thank you. And thank you is probably not not enough for the kinds of things that people gave to us to get our family through this this nightmare that we were in for so long for over four years since really 2015 when it all started mm-hmm. the last thing i would say Ed, is that in the last tranche of declassified information that that president trump uh, had done around the 18th 19th of uh, january of 2021 just a couple of months ago it is now being discovered even more how devious these people were, how deceitful and how much they lied to the American public about everything going on in, in uh, the lives of the Flynn's, the lives of the country, certainly what they did to the president of the United States and his family, and really what amounts to a attempted coup of a sitting president uh, and then, of course, candidate president prior. So really unbelievable what we're learning. And what I would just say to the American people is, Never give up hope because when you have fighters out there, you know, like, like we now will be for them, uh, we, we, are, we are not going to back down. We're not going to give up. Yeah, well, I've heard you say it. <clears throat> we'll talk about it another time about how uh, you've been contemplating America's future. But let me pause and tell you, after you and I and your lovely wife, Lori, your brother, Jack, we had a meal together. And, and you and then I as I went, I stayed right next door in, in on the footprint of your boyhood home with Jack and his family live there. And, and Jack and I had one more glass of wine and we were talking. And at one point he said, you know, Ed, there were moments when our family didn't know how we could make it. 
because it, mm-hmm. the odds seem long. And and he said, and he's you know he said Sidney Powell is a hero we'll never forget, and all these different things. He said, but there yeah. were moments where we were at the bottom, and he said we watched our brother, who'd always been this guy that fought the wars and was a hero, and he was a he was a guy that they Laurie and him, everybody, other people had troubles, and other people in your own family had had marital issues. These two were like a rock, and there they were. And we, and he said the whole thing we were at the bottom, and we you know it it didn't look like it would work out, and when you were there, he said, you know, they, they were there. We were kind of trying to help. I mean, what got you through it? Well, I'll tell you, what, what got us through it, and, what, and when I say us, primarily my wife and I, and like, as you said, we've been together for our own, you know, practically our whole lives and, and from the same hometown, small hometown in, you know, in Rhode Island. What got us through it is each other and our faith in God, period. I mean, we, we found renewed strength in knowing what we know about each other and knowing what the truth was and knowing that no matter what uh, we, no matter what you lose, because we lost a lot of friends. We had some difficult times. We're trying to figure out why, why these people that would, that they, we used to say they would call us their, you know, their friends or they would be our friends. They, They never showed up. They never, they never, they never stopped by. They never spoke up. They never called. They never texted or emailed, right? All the things that you would expect out of, you know, quote unquote friends. And yet we had friends show up who we never, we still haven't met to this day that showed up, sent us, as I said, letters, emails, texts. They sent us funds to help our legal defense fund in our fight that, uh, that we, that we were able to finally uh, secure the good graces of, of Miss Sidney Powell, who's a, who's really an American warrior, a warrior for justice. I call her the guardian angel of justice. So really the the strength and the faith of our relationship, my wife and I, and our relationship with God Almighty, because, you know, I've never been one to really wear my faith on my sleeve, but I will tell you that when when there is a time when it's just you, you know, or someone who you love that's right there with you, that's the moment when you realize, you know, we're going to, we're going to fight this thing together. And as long as we have each other, we're not going to give this thing up. And we didn't. And we, we, you know, like I, I, you know, it was tough. It was very, very difficult. But I will tell you that we, we found faith as our strength and we found uh, each other as our courage in going through this. And, and between those two elements of our own personal strength, our own inner strength and our belief and our own courage and, and ability to fight together. And that was important that we, that we did this thing together uh, that we got out of this and we got out of it, you know, uh, in a way sort of unscathed, even though, you know, I had to still get to go for the pardon from the president, a, a pardon that was unnecessary, a, what's called a pardon of innocence, one of the first in the history of the country that, uh, because, you know, typically you pardon somebody who, who, who committed a crime. And in my case, we discovered that there was no crimes committed. The crimes were committed against me, but I had a judge who would not relent and as we've discovered in our own judiciary system, that part of our of our federal government is also broken and uh, and and disjointed in many ways. So um, so anyway, that that's really what it came down to was my wife and I and our faith in God. And we're talking with uh, General Michael Flynn, retired General Michael Flynn, and uh, and uh, General Flynn. I want to pop up to some uh, current affair, current events, and I'll just preface this by saying um, uh, 
in my travels, I had opportunities at, at mm-hmm. CNN. I was in the green room with uh, uh, Clapper, James Clapper, the Admiral. I, I I never met Comey, but I also met, I did meet Brennan uh, a couple times at NBC. And and NB, uh, Brennan and I, I don't know if you want to do this, but John Brennan, who is supposed to be one of these retired leading figures, he, he yesterday he said or two days ago he said, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to be a white man, and he was engaged in this identity politics and all this stuff. But right. does it surprise right. you? Does it surprise you that guys like Brennan and Clapper and Comey are so publicly kind of and they're and they're going against what is revealed as the truth? I mean, and, and they it's kind of like almost it feels like that's not how the 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 honorable Americans used to do it. Is it? I know it makes you crazy, but for Americans, we look at it and we think, is this possible? What they so what people like Clapper and Brennan and Comey and then others others in their their sort of circle, what they did to this country is despicable. And they dragged our country through years, years of turmoil, knowing that everything was false. And they were part of setting up this entire uh, saga of this of this false spy gate, Russia gate, whatever you want to call it. So they, these are these are people who 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 just to me, just they, they dragged this country through the worst of times in our history. Now, in terms of what their, you know, Brennan's recent comments were, I saw those comments and, and others. These are, these are people that are going to have to be, they have to face, you know, each other. And, and I, I, what, I can't, what I can't imagine is how they can stand up and say these kinds of things. So, so when, I, when I look at them, and I know them, I, I've met all of them, and I think what America has seen in these people is that they're, these are weak men who lack courage to stand up on their own, to actually say what they actually believe. And they're followers. They're followers of this faith on the left, which is a Marxist socialist faith. And it's driving this country into the ground. These people that buy into that and there, and you know, you mentioned three of them, Brennan Clapper and Comey. And, uh, and I, I've met all of them. I know them. And I see them as people who they are, as far as I'm concerned, they, they, they do not demonstrate a level of, of Americanism or pro-Americanism that, that, you know, that you would think that they should, given the, the privileged lives that they have been able to lead, you know, in, in government, working for the American people. And that's the one thing that all three of them have forgotten. And they forgot many, many years ago in their, in their years working in government, they forgot who they work for. They work for the American people. That's something that I never want to forget i never forgot while i was in the military nor did i ever forget when i was working in other aspects of our government we work for the american people those three they forgot who they work for and they started working for themselves selfish selfishly and they started working for the uh the the previous administration to trump and now this current administration to try to keep this falsehood alive of what it is that we are involved in right now as we go through uh, these these next few weeks and months to see actually how this thing plays out, because with a president with a president in office who's already, I believe, signed sixty three executive orders, and this drive towards transgenderism and and racism and all this noise and nonsense, that's how they go after us. Ed, they go after us using phrases like conspiracy theorists, or they use words like racist or racism. And that's how they, that's how they, they, they try to defeat us. We cannot allow ourselves to be put into these boxes 
nor allow ourselves to be called these names when people know that it's false. They know that it's not true. So uh, to me, it's, we have to fight back, and we have to fight back uh, peacefully, professionally, and, uh, and we have to fight back, you know, sort of fire with fire and start to really call these people who they are. And, I, and to me, these are, these, these are people that have bought into the socialist Kool-Aid, and we are likely to have a Marxist socialist country if, we're not, if we don't smarten up and wake up and get involved in our communities at the grassroots level. That's what America's future is about, is work, is people coming together in their own communities, working at the grassroots level. Yeah. Well, uh, General Michael Flynn, thank you. I'm looking forward. I, you, I, you and I are privy to some of what's coming for your work for America's future. But I do want to close with this right. picture of this image, guys. Uh, General Flynn says, Ed, let's walk around my neighborhood. I'll show you where I used to surf and I used to swim. And he lives in Rhode Island. On the co- We got back and then sat down and his lovely wife made a wonderful tuna salad sandwich for me. And General Michael Flynn, <laughs> the warrior, people say fight like a Flynn. He had peanut butter and jelly. I'm just saying I had the tuna fish. He had the peanut butter and jelly. So, hey, thanks for the time, General Flynn, and thanks for your service. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. See ya. All right. Thank you. Thank you, General Michael Flynn. I was telling someone I was going to talk to him today, and she said, all I think about is fight like a Flynn. She said, fight like a Flynn. I love that image. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend, Alveda King, uh, who is everywhere. She's got a, a new book uh, by way of ancient Africa, Greece, and Calvary. Uh, maybe she can explain. I forget who it was that mistakenly thought uh, that when a prayer warrior was talking about Calvary, they thought it was the cavalry, which was a, a low moment for the Democrats, not even realizing that. So uh, evangelist Alveda King, she's uh, one of the leaders over at the Priest for Life, director of the Civil Rights for the Unborn for Priest for Life, and uh, uh, well, wears a lot of hats you see on TV all the time. Welcome, Alvita. How are you? I'm great, Ed. And hello to all your listeners, viewers, and your email folks. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Alvita. Hey, first of all, I'm only tongue-in-cheek when I say this, but I bet it's true. You survived Black History Month. And I, what I mean by that is you get they always come to complain about a conservative African-American leader. So I'm sure that there was lots. And they also love to rewrite black history to include no conservatives. So you did survive it. I don't know. Is it do you find a way to uh, celebrate Black History Month that that kind of broadens it out to include you and people like you that are so important? Well, what has happened is you just mentioned my book, uh, Beyond Ancient Africa, Greece, and Calvary. That's Jesus and Calvary, not the army going out to shoot people. Okay? <laughs> right, so, exactly, right. <laughs> so along with that, I've got another book with Ginger Howard, our friend Ginger Howard, that says, We Are Not Colorblind. So Black mm. History Month, I spent a lot of time explaining we're one human race. We have different ethnicities. One good reason to still maintain Black History Month. There's so little that is known, and as you mentioned, you never hear really about many conservative African Americans, you know. So it's our job during Black History Month to get our message out as well. So I did survive it. It's very exciting. It's not an exclusive situation with me. It's inclusive. It's diverse. And we celebrate with everybody just sharing the ethnic history of wonderful contributions of African-Americans throughout America's history. 
we're talking with Alveda King, and of course, Alveda King, as I mentioned, she wears many hats over at uh, the Priest for Life. She's the head of the Civil Rights for the Unborn uh, for Priest for Life, as she's also, of course, civil, a civil rights activist, and she does have a couple of books, and you mentioned it, so I'll, I'll, I'll highlight that one. We're Not Colorblind, Healing the Racial Divide, uh, which is also out, and you go to anywhere you can find it. It's uh, on Kindle, uh, Dr. Alveda King and Ginger Howard. Um, when you watch uh, the uh, media call everybody who looks Republican or leans Trump white supremacists. I mean, you've lived your life as an African-American and has a, have a perspective. I mean, how, how crazy is this to watch? I still got on my Twitter page, uh, still not racist, explaining why President Donald John Trump is not racist, why we are not racist for supporting him. Here I am, a genuine, bona fide civil rights activist. Been doing this since the 1960s as a youth organizer. And to call those who support President Trump racist, calling him a racist, is actually ludicrous. But it's lack of understanding and it's lack of research. So people fly by emotion sometimes without learning the genuine facts. And so I'm here to inform, educate, and activate folks. And I try to do it with a good spirit, not angry, not hateful, not bitter. It is a challenge, but it actually can happen. Uh, we're talking about Alveda King and uh, Dr. Alveda King. Also, uh, she, her, her, she's got a new TV show, too, over at Fox Nation. It's called Alveda King's House. And uh, she's uh, everything, for, I guess, conversation as well as food. And she's got her cookbook and all. I guess it's already got three or four episodes. Do you like being a TV star, too? Well, I always, when I was younger, I really wanted to do it. And now right. that I am doing it, I realize what a wonderful opportunity it is to be a TV star or a celebrity. My goal in life is not to be a celebrity, however, but a servant leader. And I get to do that on Fox Nation. Now, the premise is this. I always say to people, we need to be able to sit down and have a meal and break bread without getting indigestion. So we're going to have to uh-huh. learn to do what my uncle, Martin Luther King Jr., suggested. He said we must learn to live together as brothers and not perish as fools. I say we can learn to live together as brothers and sisters, one blood, one human race, and we will not perish as fools. I do, during Black History Month and really all year round, tell people don't worship Martin Luther King Jr. He was an imperfect man who served a perfect God. You know, like... David was an adulterer and a murderer. Paul murdered Christians. Rahab the harlot. You can go on and on with people in the Bible who God has used, but we're not supposed to make them our God, only capital G-O-D. We can have human heroes. You know, my own family members, some of them are my heroes. But we're just Mm -hmm. people. We have to remember that. Uh, we're talking with Alveda King and Alveda. I wanted a, a little bit of a funny transition, but I, I, I want to ask you about this. I watched some people that I really thought was interesting talk about Cicely Tyson as someone who yeah. was a real trailblazer, that she really trailblazed into Hollywood and she kept her perspective. I don't even know if she was liberal or not. I think I know that uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton attended her funeral, but who knows? That could have been, uh, you know, I mean, I don't he, they, he, She lived in Harlem and they have they have their place in Harlem. I don't know. But I, so I don't know her politics, but a lot of people talked about her as someone who made a big difference. Did you know her? Do you have a perspective on her? I do. I, actually, I did meet her. She came to my cousin, Yolanda King's 
home was going celebration when Yolanda died. So I did meet her. Mm, okay. And I you know, today she may be fallen maybe would have fallen into the category of what was called liberal, but like many people in the entertainment industry and you know in fact, not only am I executive producer of the movie Rosie D. Wade, I'm in it. Now, Cicely will probably right. tell you, and I've never heard her say this, but I've heard Stacey Dash say this, who is in the Rosie Wade movie. Look, I'm an entertainer. I want to serve people an opportunity to have better lives. I don't believe my way to do that is with politics. Now, that's what Stacey Dash says. I believe that many right. people in that entertainment industry, including me, I say I'm not going to fight with people over politics. We're going to do good messaging. We're going to bring hope to people with our craft. And I think, I, hmm. I can't really say what she would say. I'd have to read some of the things she said and did. But uh, absolutely. I know my cousin Yolanda hmm. King, before she passed away, was like this. She says, why are we fighting over politics? She would ask mm -hmm. this. And we're not <laughs> supposed to do that. We should not. We're, again, we're talking with Alveda King. Her newest book is By Way of Ancient Africa, Greece, and Calvary. Not Cavalry, if the Democrats are listening. We're not meaning she's going to call in uh, the army. She means uh, uh, cal cal Cavalry, which has a, a history in uh, the Bible. They could pull out that Bible. And But seriousness yeah. aside, Alveda, one, one of the things you do is you got a joyful, uh, you've got the joyful warrior vibe. Even when you're serious and hitting it hard, you've got the joyful warrior vibe. Um, is... How do we get more of that? You know, we've been put in this box where the media and big tech and everybody makes us kind of agitate so they can make money. How do we kind of pull back and get some of that joy going again? Well, my mother, Naomi King, who's also a civil rights warrior, my dad, Reverend A.D. King, her husband was, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, Daddy King, all. Mother says even now, baby, you've got to learn to heal on your feet. You can't have a pity party. You can't be bitter. You can't be mean. Heal and keep going. Now, the joy of the Lord genuinely is our strength. And we are instructed by God, count it all joy, even when you fall into different kinds of temptations and things. So I try to take that seriously. I find what I call pockets of happiness, whether it's uh, planting a tulip bulb when it's freezing outside and drizzling or something like that. I'll, I, I'll do things <laughs> like that. So that's how I do it. And then with the food and the conversation and all of that. So yeah, we have faith, hope, and love. And love is the greatest. And so we can't lose hope. We have to have our faith and to do it with love. God's love, not this foolishness they call love, but real love. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Alveda King, thank you as always. Uh, and again, let me make sure to say the new, the newest book is By Way of Ancient Africa, Greece, and Calvary. And also uh, she has another book, We're Not Colorblind, Healing the Racial Divide, mm -hmm. all av available wherever you see books on Amazon.com. And new movie, most excited. new movie, Roe v. Wade. New movie, Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And the new, I was going to say, the new movie, Roe v. Wade, uh, and all this, I'll put it up on social media, but also she's over okay. on Fox Nation, which is really good. Alveda King's house on Fox Nation. Check it out there. Thank you, Alveda, for everything you do and for your work, especially for the unborn. I, I want to always thank you for that. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Ed. God bless. Bye. God bless, God bless you. All right, we'll take a break. And don't forget, we'll go over to ProAmericaReport.com and you can get all these interviews that we've been listening. General Flynn, last uh, segment, and Alveda King, all these uh, superstar uh, leaders for America. So go over there, ProAmericaReport.com. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Do you know what the Communist Manifesto and Frankenstein have in common? For starters, both are horror stories about how to create monsters. It might surprise you to learn that both were also flagged in a survey of the most assigned books at top public universities. Frankenstein came in at number nine, and the Communist Manifesto stole the show at number four. Putting aside Frankenstein for the moment, let's pause to consider why the Communist Manifesto might be such a popular read for our nation's youth. To be fair, the survey does not tell us the manner in which Karl Marx's treatise was assigned. I believe that the manifesto should be studied and exposed for the fraud it is. However, knowing what most parents already know about public colleges, it seems fair to say that Marx is probably not being taught from a critical point of view. Many of these universities are setting up Marx as an example for all of us to aspire to, despite the fact that he was a lazy bum who refused to do an honest day's work and essentially let his own family fall apart around him. Karl Marx is no model for anyone to follow. The real shock in this survey is not that the Communist Manifesto is so widely studied. It's the books that aren't on the list that have me concerned. Where's Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations? Where's Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America? Where's Phyllis Schlafly's A Choice, Not an Echo? These are the questions students and parents should be asking. It's no accident that liberal college campuses have become bastions of leftist ideology, churning out more and more indoctrinated young people every year. Students are not taught how to think. They're simply taught what to think. Sadly, what most professors want students to think is rarely worth thinking. If eyes are the window to the soul, books are the doorway to the mind. If you're a student who wants to be able to think for yourself, you're going to have to go beyond the required readings in your courses. Read a wide variety of the classics and always keep your mind open to the truth. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The false promise of socialism is an illusion. It devalues hard work and creativity. It's the opposite of the American dream. As proven around the world, socialism breaks the human spirit. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're standing against the rise of socialism. For more, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Well, we got a little, uh, well, we got carried away talking to General Flynn and Alveda King, so we went a little bit long. So I just have a couple of minutes to wrap things up. Uh, let me um, let me remind you, because I did get some texts on this. Let me give you the information, the contact information again. People do like to reach out. You can text me directly, 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. Uh, on Facebook, Ed Martin Live. On Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. Uh, and, of course, of course, the Pro-America Report, uh, uh, ProAmericaReport.com is where you can go uh, and uh, sign up. Uh, you should do that. Sign up for the Daily Wink. We'll send it to your uh, e- your email box. We'll send it to your inbox, your email address. All you have to do is give us that uh, each morning at 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time. So uh, please consider doing that. We are uh, up to about 80,000 people that are signed up there, and uh, and there are a lot of great folks. And, and, you know, when you get that email, you can reply, and uh, you will be uh, – it will go right back to me. And, again, we have great discussions with people. So um, – 
You know, I, I've been telling you the narrative machine. I got one of you sent me a story that was in the New York Times about the narrative machine. The narrative machine is uh, big tech, big media and big government forcing the message that there is nothing wrong with the 2020 election, November 2020. And if you ask, you're an insurrectionist. And so here's the first sentence. One of our, our listeners, it's Ken. Uh, I have it down as Ken. I think it's Kenneth. But Ken sent me the very first sentence led by loyalists who embrace former President Donald J. Trump's baseless claims of a stolen election baseless claims is that really true is it are they baseless claims are there is there no basis they may not be proven in a court of law but they're not basis well you get from there it's on to off to the races and you go through paragraph after after paragraph where new york times a, a major reporter michael wines is is a lengthy report on how oh yeah these are the people that are are taking up and oh the headline is also in state houses stolen election myth fuels a gop drive to rewrite rules my point in in quoting this one because ken sent it to me is to agree with ken and to highlight for you that the reality is we're up against Again, a thousand uh, facts, a thousand facts put together so they can tell us their fake truth. So you have to know they use little facts. It is true that there's lots of cases, lots of election reform in the state houses. All the rest of the characterization of this of this uh, New York Times article is false. But that, it is true that, that that fact is true. And they keep building a thousand facts, like a thousand cuts uh, is what they're trying to do to us in this country. All right, I've got to run. I ran out of time. Thank you to Noah, our great technical director. And thank you, as always, to Joanna for booking our great guests. And we will be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back tomorrow. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.